0: Hello and welcome to The Spectator's Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency in 2017. I'm Freddie Gray and I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. I'm joined today by Douglas Murray, who is, of course, associate editor of The Spectator and the author of The Strange Death of Europe. And we're going to be talking about Donald Trump's tweets and the future of the special relationship. Douglas, when you saw on uh, Wednesday, I assume you saw on Wednesday that uh, Donald Trump had retweeted Britain First three times, retweeted three Britain First videos. What was your reaction? What was your first thought? I was
1: surprised, as I think most people were. Um, uh, at the same time, uh, not shocked. I mean, uh, it should go without saying, on wishes that the US president didn't retweet internet memes of any kind. <laughs> that secondly, if he were to retweet them, they should be truthful things and that thirdly they would not come uh, from Britain first as a source Yes, um, in all of these ways President Trump sadly uh, damages a very important cause which he himself could lead which is the cause of trying to push back against uh, the global trend towards Islamic extremism uh, by retweeting erroneously captioned uh, videos uh, the first of which was obviously the case um, He damages that because he gives uh, oxygen to people who would say that the whole thing is equally made up. Uh, I think, incidentally, that the second and third videos, which uh, he retweeted, uh, one of uh, ISIS uh, fighters smashing a statue and the third, apparently them throwing uh, a young man off a building, which I understand to be the content. I don't myself, the reasons we can get into watch this this form of jihadi porn myself but but the second two footage i think nobody's doubted that the, the fact that they are true or who they are yes. they were they were obviously captioned in such a way as to suggest that these were not uh, isis fighters but as it were any ordinary muslim one might come across in the street doing these sorts of things yeah uh, so so for all of these reasons, this is, um, you know, very detrimental to a cause which they say President Trump should
0: should uh, should not be damaging. Well, as a Catholic, I, I mean, I was the only video I was slightly, I was almost touched by the fact he cared about the Virgin Mary. I, I didn't think a Baptist uh, would have such strong feelings about the statue of Virgin Mary being smashed. Uh, but apparently he does. And I thought that was quite um, cheering in a way.
1: <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> you're not going to say anything. Um, no, I, I look, I I, th- I think... The internet is awash with fallacious, erroneous, wrongly captioned things which people send around to whip people up. Uh, I myself don't take part in this and would very much encourage other people, including the leader of the free world, not to take part in it either. Yes. But uh, beyond that, what we actually see, I think, is a a form of, to my mind anyway, tragic uh, displacement activity on the part of the British parliamentary system yes. i don't know if you saw the the video of parliament when this happened but i mean uh when an mp from the labor benches announced to the house that something so important had happened that it really required a break in normal business and then announced that the american president had sent retweet three retweets from this uh terrible group uh it was as it was done in the tone that really should be saved in the house of commons for the news of an imminent incoming missile strike <laughs> um and uh, the subsequent, uh, I thought, um, uh, hysterical posturing by quite a large number of MPs in the 24 hours that followed in the chamber, among other places, is is simply not warranted. Uh, I, I, I think I can speculate on their motives for doing this. But uh, the British Parliament at the moment has a very great amount of work to do yeah. and probably more detailed work uh, more closely rigorous work than at any point in recent memory and so I suppose it's simply easier to grandstand yes. and uh, to attack the American president for what's undoubtedly a wrong misguided foolish thing to have done
0: yes I mean I I, I could see the temptation sort of dismiss it as as foolish and, but the, there is this problem that he's doing it I mean this is coming from Trump's mm. account it's trivial it's mad but it's still the president of the United States doing it yes uh, I mean, shouldn't one then
1: in that situation uh, become aware of, for instance, not falling for what has famously been described as President Trump's uh, Twitter account being the laser pen and us all being the cat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't one have worked out that one doesn't catch the, the laser dot? What is the point of MPs debating in the House of Commons the, I think Chris Bryant said, serial Twitter offender, the serial offender on Twitter, Donald Trump? Yes. If if you know this is a dot you cannot catch, surely there are things we should be doing in order to ensure that whatever bad spin-offs can occur do not
0: occur. Yes, but then but then I think at the same time one should accept that he is trolling. He is a troll.
1: It's possible. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his intentions were on this occasion. I don't know if he knew what he was doing, if he just retweeted. It seems that the, that the retweet came into his account count because it's uh, something that was retweeted by the american commentator ryan coulter yes who's one of the few people that president trump follows on twitter and that he simply retweeted this. i don't know i mean there are times when you can see him using twitter cynically like that i don't know if this is the case now
0: yes and what, what, what do you think about sort of implications for the special relationship do you see this as a deep insult to britain um,
1: there's there's one thing which it does which which I think is a, a great shame, which is that he's given a massive amount of oxygen to a not very pleasant uh, uh, group, um, and such groups could do without the oxygen given to them now by the, the most famous most important person in the world, uh, and they will run off this, and this will deepen a form of uh, of, of division which already is 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 occurring. But look, let's not let's not get this out of proportion that there is one very, very major uh, uh, security threat to this country, which comes from the benches, which were being most vociferous in their condemnation of Donald Trump's thumb habits. If Jeremy Corbyn were to get into Downing Street, it's very unlikely that this country's membership of the Five Eyes would even continue. Mm. We probably wouldn't be allowed to remain in the most important intelligence sharing network we have. I know people in all four four other members of the Five Eyes network who have privately speculated as much. It is highly unlikely that America would wish to share an intelligence, be involved in the intelligence-sharing system with a government, with people like Seamus Milne right at the heart of it. Mm. You wouldn't be able to trust the British government anymore. You would not be able to trust... Uh, The integrity of the British intelligence collecting system. So, um, one of the oddities of all this is that you see people grandstanding over a very, very unwise and misguided tweet sitting on benches of a party that would destroy Great Britain's intelligence sharing capabilities were it ever to arrive in power. Now I think we should hold both of these thoughts in our heads at once, neither come down on one side nor the other, but to point out that the American president should not be retweeting Britain first, but also that this Britain's security interests would be devastated were the party that is trying to make hay out of this incident the most ever get
0: anywhere near power. Do you not think that that the Trump phenomenon and the Trump Twitter account feed Corbynism? They feed. You know, you have one side screaming Islamo- Islamist extremism, pointing, retweeting fake crap about uh, what Muslims are doing, mm. and, and then on the other side you have Corbyn. You know, thinking that there's a sort of a neo-fascist revolution going on, and yes. these two things feed each other, and they're both very unhelpful.
1: Uh, they can do, which is why it's incumbent upon everybody else not to allow the feeding frenzy to occur. Not to allow the trench digging in every direction to occur, to to work out what is true and differentiate it from that which is not. As I say, to to recognise that 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 the president passed around wrongly titled and in one case false information, mm. without saying that as a result, all things that are done in the name of Islamic extremism are not done in the name of Islamic extremism. <laughs> yeah. Um. It should be possible to separate these things out. Uh, uh, it just requires a degree of care, and I just I find it very striking that the that the people who, like Chris Bryant, are keenest to make capital out of this, are the ones least interesting in pursuing such a cautious uh, um, manner of operating. Th- that that is the big problem: is that he prov- provides this grandstanding opportunity for such people,
0: and uh, you know they needn't play that game. Yeah. And do you think Theresa May's response so far has been adequate, good? It's it's, it's absolutely fine. uh, uh,
1: My own view is that the government shouldn't be pushed into making statements uh, which are critical of an ally simply by process of public Twitter or indeed genuine outrage, Mm. that you have to be extremely careful about such things. Uh, He is the president of our closest ally and uh, I think that... All criticisms that are put that people feel pushed into have to be you have to be very wary of. But uh, again, I come back to think that, that, that one of the, one of the things I cannot help that is think is happening in all of this is that there are a set of very very complex issues going on at the moment in this area, among others, which to some extent are beyond the competency not only of the general public but of our MPs and representatives, mm. and that as a result. Uh, things like this become almost the only thing that they're any use for, that uh, we don't really need uh, the Chris Bryants for anything else other than to try to help whip up public outrage and to become megaphones for that outrage.
0: What else are they doing precisely? And do you think the the members of the Tory cabinet that have have gone a bit further than they are, are, are sort of being drawn into grandstanding?
1: Well... I was interested in Sanjay Javid's uh, tweet. Uh, Sanjay Javid has uh, got, a, I think, a very fine reputation, deservedly so, in cabinet, cabinet, uh, decided to take the opportunity to run further out than Mrs May on the issue. And, again, one has to be careful about this. I think it, it, the exact words he used were that, that Donald Trump was um, uh, uh, whipping up or, or engaged in hatred against 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 him, Sajid Javid, and all people like him.
0: Yes, and I will not stand for now, it. I, now, I
1: have to say, I'm not sure that is what President Trump was doing, mm. or at least I think you should be very careful before making that claim. If if people actually think that Donald Trump is waging a campaign against all Muslims everywhere, including the most integrated, successful Muslims who give most to our society like Sajid Javid uh, that would be a very very much more serious thing even than where we are but surely we're not there Yes. and so it seems to me again in the interests of not digging trenches ever deeper on all sides
0: that would be something that would be worth worth checking on I mean do you not think the I mean if you happen to be a member of a ethnic minority and you're in the cabinet the incentive for being offended personally by these retweets Mm. is so great it's almost impossible for them to resist it it
1: would be more dignified not to wouldn't it yeah some people could take it for granted that you wouldn't be wildly keen on it um but but again i mean the details are going to matter in all of this since we live in this famously flat world where as i say one it doesn't even need to be the US president, it could be any number of other people these days, can tweet something that immediately becomes the main discussion mm-hmm. issue in the House of Commons. It's, it's, it's going to be necessary to hold on to every detail of these things and resist the temptation to charge for short-term political or other benefit. Um, after all, we've already got into this absurd situation over the Donald Trump visit, yeah, where it w- we're quite soon going to be in a position that Donald Trump has visited every major European city other than
0: London. Yes, including states that have been very critical of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I again, I, mean, I I wonder, and I'm sure a lot of listeners do, I wonder what people are trying to achieve exactly by that, by the insistence not only that he isn't welcome, but that we have to shove his face in this. Mm. Um my own suspicion on on part of the left is that they want to um, further wreck the relationship with America in order to demonstrate to leave voters that we are truly alone in the world, unless we finally recant and vote to remain in the European Union in some form. There seems to be some very gleeful desire to accentuate uh, um, uh, any breakdown in the special relationship. And the special relationship doesn't break down because of a single exchange between Donald Trump and Theresa May
0: but I I mean Owen Jones was saying yesterday that we need to sort of signal to all those Americans in America who are unhappy with Trump that we are not going to be his poodle his lapdog what do you say to that sort of analysis
1: Well, famous words of Mandy Rice Davis he would say that wouldn't he (laughs) in these cases you have to work out whether there happens to be any crossover in the Venn diagram between that purported good and the politics of the speaker in question. Yes. That's all that's going on. Uh, that's all that the uh, Corbynista left are doing on all of these matters now. They're trying to further their political agenda and to win. And they are willing to find any number of things that they claim just coincidentally lap over with
0: that aim. I can help feeling, though, that they actually desperately want the... I mean, sort of the Owen Jones of this world, and let's not get too hung up on... He's not an them, important figure. He's not an important figure. But certainly I think a lot of people who really object to Trump in this country would like a Trump visit, deep down.
1: I've no idea. It, it's, simply going to be, it's simply something which we are going to, again, pre- preoccupy ourselves over when there are very much more important things out there. It, it is ludicrous if the President of the United States can effectively not come to the UK on a state visit. Yeah. If he can go to Paris, he can go to Berlin, he can go to Warsaw, he can go absolutely everywhere else, but that the British left in their stampede on this matter, decide to make it so impossible that, that he cannot come. That this, 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 was, this is a very, very unhealthy set of to be in.
0: What is it about Britain in particular that causes that? Because, I mean, in France you have... a a, a very uh media powerful left you have a president who uh was has been critical of Donald Trump sort of virtue signal against Donald Trump at every turn Mm -hmm. yet invited him very quickly and invited him on Bastille Day and rolled out the red carpet if you want to use that phrase Mm. uh what is it and, and in fact the French public there were there were protests but nothing terribly significant and in fact you know, French magazines just obsessed themselves with how elegant Melania was. What, what is it about the British character that means that we are more we're making it more difficult for a Trump visit than than let's say the French?
1: Um, I think it's one very straightforward thing. The Labour Party under Jeremy Corbyn presents the best opportunity in uh, recent memory for a party to come to power that is at the very least beige on the issue of political violence we've managed in british politics throughout our history pretty much certainly in recent history to be very clear on the delineation of politics and the delineation between politics and violence and the labour party is now led by people who are very very uh, vague at best on these matters uh from Jeremy Corbyn to John McDonnell to Seamus Milne to the people around them to their journalistic supporters, they only ever have a number of things in common. One is that they support all resistance movements, so as they call them, that use violence abroad. The second is that they supported the most recent movement at home that used political violence to f- further their aims. I'm thinking, of course, of Sinn Féin IRA. And this is not a small thing. Because the agreement that you do not use violence or encourage violence in order to get political goals uh, seems to me uh, to be uh, changing now. Mm. As I say, all of the people, all of the people now in charge of the Labour Party are people who have been at best beige about whether or not you should use violence or encourage other people to use violence to pursue a political goal. And uh, I know this is harping on a, what may, may seem like a, a boring uh, um, obsession of my own. But if this year, at the Labour Party conference in Brighton, a group of far-right extremists had blown up that conference hotel, Mm. had killed a Labour MP, had caused, for instance, the permanent hospitalisation and uh, um, remaining in a wheelchair of, say, John MacDonald's wife, had caused endless other amounts of deaths and injuries against the Labour Party to kill and blow up the leadership of the Labour Party. We would, first of all, not expect any Conservative backbench MP to welcome the bombers into the Parliament the week after. We would not expect one single Conservative MP in the months and years and decades that followed to continue always to make excuses for that act of violence. And we would be rightfully horrified if 20 years later, 30 years later, the person who had approved of that act of political violence ended up leading the Conservative Party. But yeah. That's the position we're now in with the left in Britain. And it is something which not enough people on the left and right have yet realised is the situation we're in.
0: But do you not think it then becomes more important for Conservatives to, 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 to condemn Trump about Twitter? You know, I know it's Twitter, I know it's trivial, but it becomes more important for the Conservatives to do it because otherwise we're as bad as but, the but left. But who hasn't condemned him? I mean, who hasn't criticised him? Who said, great work, one. great work, President Trump. I can't think of somebody
1: better to tweet.
0: Well, Raheem Kassam has. I mean, he said, you know, he's raising important issues about Islamic extremism in Britain, you know. And, I mean, but, you know, there are people saying it. There are people... I, I, I got called a cuck yesterday on Twitter, you know, and I know that's any Twitter. But, you know, it's not It's not, not happening that people are thinking Trump is actually... Well, fair enough, he's actually pointing out something that's a big problem in this country.
1: Yes, uh, well, well, I think there are probably people who decide that in there are people... Or 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 actually
0: that they think it's sort of guerrilla tactics and that it doesn't actually matter that this is fake news. The left are doing fake news too. We've got to beat them.
1: And this is something which everybody on every side has to resist. Yeah. Look, I have have a a version of this that that, that, that might demonstrate the problem. Uh, I use an example of the racism thing. The left has found it extremely useful in recent years to call everybody they don't agree with a racist. Okay. Um, let's turn it around. Let's let's say that from now on, everybody on the left you don't agree with is a paedophile. Okay, You just keep saying paedophile. The problem with that is that you're you're a paedophile. Yeah. Just about everybody. Well, you, you don't agree with my financial uh, uh, views. Paedophile. It's probably a paedophile. It's probably right? paedophile. Yeah. You don't agree with my issues on home affairs. Well, that's because you can't help shacking kids. <laughs> just you just keep saying it about everybody. Yeah. Why don't we do it? We do don't do it among other things because. First of all, decency in manners and a commitment to truthfulness. Secondly, because there remains a societal punishment for making erroneous accusations knowingly that if I said, well, the problem with John McDonald's budget is it's, a, it's the production of a paedophile. I mean, it just obviously is. <laughs> um, then I suffer a social harm because I have erroneously made a false allegation. Mm. And so, so, so I'm thought less of. The strange thing is, on the left in this regard in recent years, there has been no punishment for knowingly making false allegations. And so there is now a movement on the right, and I think it is very concerning, but of people who also don't mind faking it. Yeah. who think that, yep, they have lied about us for so long, they've called everyone they don't agree with racists and white supremacists and Nazis and fascists and neo-Nazis and so on. Fine. We'll give you the same. Yeah. Uh, a part of Trump's support comes from that movement. And I would just strongly urge people on the right not to go there. That the left's deep, deep lack of hygiene in recent years should not provoke an
0: equal lack of hygiene on the political right. Well, Douglas, I think we'll wrap it up there. And um, we need to explore this left paedophile thing, I think, a bit further, because sure. I, th- I, I think mean, you're onto something. You're definitely onto something. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a spectator moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer.